Hello everyone, I am Fola Shade Anosie and you are welcome to another episode of the SNC podcast. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, welcome and thank you for listening. My goal with the podcast is to help people better understand as I always call it, the intriguing world of music, arts, and entertainment through insightful conversations with African artists, creatives, lawyers, music, and business executives. My guest for this episode is Feso Adeniji. She is the founder and manager of Red Caramel Dance and Fitness, an exotic dance and fitness studio based in Lagos, Nigeria, primarily focused on pole dancing and burlesque. I was thrilled to have this conversation because I've noticed that in Nigeria and other parts of the continent, performative art like pole dancing and burlesque are not really mainstream or even present at all. They're also not really viewed as fitness activities. I don't know if you agree. So I wanted to talk to someone who has been running a dance and fitness studio catered to these forms of art to discuss her journey, misconceptions that people have, as well as the evolving nature of virtual reality fitness. Now, before we get on to the interview, please, I would like to ask for you to rate this episode after you are done listening. It honestly makes a huge difference in allowing the show to get discovered by more people. So if you are an Apple podcast lover, please leave a comment and rating about the show there. If you are a Spotify lover, please rate us there as well. I would really, really appreciate this. Thanks so much in advance. Also, my apologies for some of the noise in the background during the conversation. Now, on to my chats with Fessel. Hi, Fessel. Hi, Shade. <laughs> thank you for being up, upbeat. I mean, you are upbeat anyway, but it's so lovely to have you here. Uh, thank you for having me. I am excited about what we're going to be talking about today because these, I guess the topic is near and dear to my heart because I'm someone who loves pole dancing and burlesque. Um, but I want to first start. Why are you looking at me that way? Because <laughs> it's near and dear to you. It is. And you haven't come from I class. know. I know. Like, you know how they say you have to prioritize things in your life. It is it's something that can be near and dear to your heart. But if you don't have the time to come and do something. First of all, all the way in Lekki. All the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I live on the mainland. Yeah. So it's kind of. People come from the mainland. They do. On a Saturday morning. Are you serious? You know, forget a weekday. You know, yeah. everyone's going to work and whatnot i just run around the estate and exercise that way so fair enough yeah so when i move when i when i become an island child then (laughs) (laughs) how's that coming i hope i redeem myself (laughs) but i first want to talk about a little bit about how you got into fitness were you always an active child and did you like playing sports yes i've been active for Pretty much since I can remember, since uh, secondary school, I'd say. I used to play basketball. I was on my secondary school basketball team. And then I transitioned to going to the gym regularly, lifting weights, doing group classes, trying out yoga. And then I transitioned to pole dancing in uni. In uni, because I was about to say that. So obviously from a ch- your childhood, it was first of all just being active in sports, right? Yes. And you said basketball... And what was the other one again? Basketball, going to the gym. I actually did swimming as well. Yes. And um, later on in life, I mean, now I play squash. So 
Okay, that's cool. No, you know, because sometimes you, you hear people say, oh, when I was younger, sports and being fit wasn't really my thing. But somehow, as I kind of got older, or maybe I had friends who are really into fitness, or maybe I had a medical situation that just made me take um, sports seriously. So like you said, you now discovered pole dancing at uni. What was that experience like for you? Well, I had a friend who pole danced, and she actually had a pole in her room. I visited one day and she says, hey, let's go to my room, let me show you something. And there I saw some tall silver pole, 50 millimeters in diameter. It looked like a silver stallion. (laughs) Very specific. And um, it was all nice and shiny and, you know, and I was like, oh, wow, you know, what is this? And, you know, she showed me a move like one of the basic beginner spins and I did it like in two tries and she's like oh wow I think you should sign up for classes and I thought I think I should too so new year new me uh, February 2012 I signed myself up for some classes and the rest they say is history history that's that's really cool and that story kind of takes me back to my experience i think in 2012 or 2013 i went to if well not even a friend an acquaintance's sister's house and literally in the middle of their living room there was a she, was, she had a pole and i swear to you the joy in my heart i was so happy because I, at that time, I, I hadn't seen people that I knew that, you know, were, that liked pole dancing. And I just moved back from the States for a bit, you know. So I was like, wow. And she's also married. So I just thought it was super cool. And I remember so this is in Nigeria? In Nigeria, yeah. Okay. So I, that, that's why I was like, wow, this is like super nice, you know. So I don't know if she was taking classes or because I think she also went to school outside the country. But I'm not so sure if she was also taking more classes in Nigeria. But she just said that, you know, she really loved it. I, I don't know, maybe she stopped right now but i just remember that moment seeing the the pole and i was like wow this is like super cool to have this now you mentioned about you know the basics of pole dancing like you said the 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 spins right can you talk about what the key elements of pole dancing and burlesque are first of all how do you discover burlesque let's start with that first before i get to my other well burlesque is when I say burlesque, I, I'm referring to dancing with a chair, you know, chair dancing, mm. basically. Um, it's not the traditional burlesque where, you know, we have the tassels and um, we're peeling items of clothing off one by one, you know, for entertainment. Uh, those dancers, they pretty much don't talk during the show. They just have music and smile and, uh, you know entertain the crowd basically it's not that um i'm talking beyonce dance for you so (laughs) (laughs) because my mind my mind went to the other type of world thank you for clarifying yeah just you know a lot of people don't actually they get it confused so that's that's what i mean by burlesque so i actually went for my first burlesque class in the pole dance studio that i used to attend um back when i was in university and it was um, exactly that. It's, it's pretty much expression, right? It's a dance routine to a song. You know, you could be wearing heels. You could dress up in a nice costume. You know, something that makes you connect with your sensuality. Pretty much, that's burlesque. And anyone can come up with a... If you're inclined in that way, you know, to 
makeup routine and dance, you can do burlesque. Is there are there distinctions in the burlesque community about this is real burlesque? Not real burlesque, but this is like tame burlesque versus showy burlesque. I think dance studios or dance instructors can make it what they want. Same as pole. The different uh, expressions of pole or, or different ways of teaching pole or presenting pole. Pole can be uh, pretty much a sport and pole can also be done you know in a routine so you're talking about pole choreography uh, the manner in which that is presented could be very sensual pole dance can be contemporary so think of a ballerina uh, the movement of a ballerina combined with pole dance tricks and moves so you pretty much a pole dancer has a responsibility to present pole dance how he or she wants to. Thank you for that insight. And there's a question that I have that I'm going to get to on that later. I think that it's interesting that you actually pointed that out. But now kind of back to my earlier question about the key elements of pole dancing and burlesque. Pole dance is, you're using a pole to pole dance. Burlesque, you're using a chair. Sometimes you might not even use a chair. Well, some people, let's call it a prop. You can use a prop because it could be, you know, a, a champagne glass, a, an oversized champagne glass, and you can be swirling around and, you know, still performing a routine uh, with that. You could have uh, men's ties. You could have um, feather boas. Anything to make the performance what it is. Pole dance, you're literally using a pole to dance, right? So that's the major difference. Pole dance, of course, you have spins, tricks, transitions, floor work. Uh, burlesque is really your body movement. Have you always, <clears throat> because for me, I've always kind of seen pole dance as kind of similar to gymnastics, just because of the amount of upper body strength that is required, the amount of training. Would you would you say that it's not that not that it's the same, but that pretty much I guess the same skill set that you can use in gymnastics also are applicable to pole dancing yes um to be honest it's it's all discipline right someone that does gymnastics would find pole dance um should i say i don't want to demean the strength involved in any of these activities right but uh someone that does gym gymnastics would find pole dance a bit easier while someone that just does pole might not necessarily find gymnastics you know, easier. Well, they can do it, but um, they would have a challenge both ways, actually. But I feel that if, because not, you don't need any prior training to start pole dance. And neither, you don't need any prior training to start gymnastics. You actually just start from the beginning in both ways. But somebody that does pole dance, there are a lot of people that just pole dance and they don't do anything else. Whereas I find that people that do gymnastics as part of their training, you know, if they're going to train for some kind of competition or, or their training, it usually involves a lot of other, other uh, things. That training uh, curriculum is, is um, quite uh, spelt out. So, yeah. And then in terms of pole dancing, are high heels a requirement for pole dancing? They are not a requirement, they are a choice. 
I love that simple answer. <laughs> but do you think that um, sometimes high heels gives pole dancing that pizzazz that it's required in terms of just making you seem grown and tall? Or it does, like you said, it doesn't really matter. You can feel grown and tall with just your barefoot. barefoot. It, well, using heels to dance, uh, in fact, let's look at the different activities. Even if you're just dancing in heels, it makes a huge di- difference than if you're just dancing barefoot, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same for pole dance. Of course, when you now add the heels to your movements and uh, your body waves and, and your, your hair flicks and all of that, of course, it, it, it gives you that... Uh, you think you're performing, right? You even if there's nobody watching. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. What about clothes? Why is it important, or why do we see lots of pole dancers not have on lots of clothes? Okay, so it's a functionality uh, thing, not a fashion thing. A lot of people come here and say, "Oh, can I wear leggings? Can I not? I don't. I don't feel comfortable." wearing shorts because we advise that people come with their shorts and a half top or a tank top or something that shows their skin something interesting as you increase in level of complexity when you're pole dancing as pole dance as you get more advanced in pole dance you might have to reveal more skin because the level of tricks you require a lot of skin to stick on the pole, right? During when you're performing pole dance tricks. And the harder the trick is, perhaps the more your body surface area is on the actual pole. So you have different points of contact, right? So it might come across that you have a trick. For example, there's a trick called the Gemini. And in the Gemini, you'd have to hang on with your armpit with the side of your stomach and the back of your knee. So, of course, you have to dress appropriately to fit all those body parts on the pole in that position, if you can picture it. <laughs> I kind of can. I kind of can, yeah. So, yeah. It's okay. a functionality thing over it being a fashion thing. Okay, so more clothes makes you slippery on the pole. You're not going to hold on to the pole if you're wearing leggings. Unless the pole is made out of silicone, which of course makes you stick. Which there are actually different finishes for poles. So, so there, are, um, there are silicone poles. What made you want to set up Red Caramel? Because you know, it's one thing for you to love pole dancing and burlesque. It's totally different to say, oh, I want to share or introduce that love to other people who may not know about it and like... Maybe you should know about it too. So that 2012, right? I think I came out of like this three-year relationship. And it was part of the new year, new me. I'm going to do something different, you know, step out of my shell, step out of my comfort zone. I grew up very shy, actually. And um, I mean, even now, I prefer not to do some things, but I won't describe myself as shy, just reserved, you know. I mean, like this podcast now. <laughs> you know, I was about to say that, you know, should I push on, you know, how why you grow up shy? But I say that, I hope you're not shut down. <laughs> but, but yeah, so what, why, why did you, why did you, was it just, are you the only child? Is that common with all only children? 
Sometimes it could be the reverse. Maybe they're also very just boisterous or extroverted. Sometimes, you know, if you're the only child, sometimes you're reserved because you keep to yourself. Or if you're the middle child, sometimes middle children tend to have that, you know. Really? Yeah. I've, you know, it's funny because you're not the first person that has asked me if I'm the only child. Maybe I give only child vibes. But um, whatever that may be, I'm yeah. actually the last of four. I guess it's just how everyone grew up you kind of just had to be independent so it's experience yeah yeah okay that's interesting yeah. okay so i signed up for classes ended up being in the post studio at least once or twice a week for the whole year until i moved back i think three months into that um journey i i loved it so much and i said you know what other people need to experience this so can't uh, experience this alone. By myself. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I made up my mind that this is something I wanted to set up in Lagos. And why the island as opposed to the mainland? Or well, just what, in, what influenced the choice of location? That's the point. I wanted to set up the studio somewhere accessible to a lot of people. You know, somewhere in the middle. So... People come from the mainland to the studio. People come from Aja to the studio. You know, so it's, it's quite, it's central. What about finding instructors and getting the word out? So you say, okay, I want to introduce people to this. I discovered this and I want to share it with you. How did you go about letting people know that there's a dance studio that you can come to learn pole dancing and burlesque, as well as finding people to train and teach the class? Hmm. Where do I start from? Well, pole dance in Nigeria, let me not even say Lagos, pole dance in Nigeria is relatively new, even if it's something that, even if the studio has been open for five years, I'd still describe pole dance in Nigeria as new. The only other pole dance studio that I recognize um, being active is in Abuja. And um, we both know each other. That's how small the industry is, right? Of course, that implies that the supply is this really pretty much no supply of instructors. So if I wanted to hire people to become instructors, I'd be hiring them with the mind that they're going to undergo training with me for a couple of months first, you know, before actually teaching other people. But prerequisites, or I'd say the prerequisites for that uh, involve just being active, being very active. You must have the discipline of an athlete to some regard. And it turns out that most people that, I mean, I've only had three instructors over five years, right? Aside myself. So it turns out that at least two of them were yoga instructors prior to coming here for training, uh, joining Red Caramel Dance and Fitness for training. And three of them stayed over a year at each time. So, yeah. And what about getting the word out? So marketing for pole dance, it was friends first, family came after. (laughs) (laughs) Social media played a huge role in in marketing, of course. to be honest, I think with pole dance, seeing is believing, right? For this kind of thing. 
because there, there are a lot of people that had these misconceptions. Oh, what is it for? You know, I don't have a boyfriend. Why am I coming for pole dance? You know, and so trying to market it and make it appealing as an alternative form of fitness uh, was and still is is a growing sort of journey. And I'm so glad that you touched on that because that's actually part of my next question is over the years, what have you come to see are the, either it's the myth or the misconceptions about pole dancing and burlesque? Well, as people, we're products of our environment, right? Yeah. And basically, media has taught us that pole dance is something that strippers do and should be in the club, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no, a lot of people have only seen pole dance being associated with being in a club and dollar bills, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a misconception. You kind of had to, and I, through many conversations, some successful, some unsuccessful, but hey, at the time, I really did not care, had to speak about, oh, but you're doing this, is fitness, it's this, it's that. And they go on to ask me oh, how I started pole dance and they wish they could hear some kind of crazy story like, oh, I, I needed money and, <laughs> you know, I had to pay my school fees and nobody was trying to help me, so I, I decided to join a club. But I just go, hey, I just wanted to try it. And like, hey, why didn't you just joke? <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And... Um, they just can't believe it because they associate it with, um, you know, just social vices and promiscuity. Is that the word? Mm -hmm. no, yeah. Okay. You touched on something that I also think is, like you talked about the supply aspect. Why mm -hmm. do you think that pole dancing... I don't know about burlesque, because I know that burlesque in SA is actually quite prominent, mm -hmm. but in Nigeria and in other parts of the continent, why don't we, why, why do you think pole dancing isn't as mainstream? The conception or the popular notion is that people would pole dance in the club for money. That if you are doing anything with a pole, it should be for entertainment in the club. That's the popular mm -hmm notion that's what people associate poles with in in nigeria up until we started having up until we had the first pole dance studio red caramel dance and fitness and even that uh, journey it, it took a lot of i'm going to tie marketing into this so you have to show people when i said seeing is believing right people want to see pictures and videos and see what a class looks like and and people were so concerned about being seen as well like oh don't put me in the if you're taking a video or taking a picture don't put me up in on your page on social media i don't want to be seen i don't want anyone to know that i'm coming for this class my husband doesn't know i'm coming for this class wow you know there's such stories because there's that conception that oh you know this is not what uh, responsible people do yeah you know, meanwhile, we're using our body weight to do amazing things. Um, you're, you're getting in your cardio fix, your strength training, your flexibility, 
you know, your muscular endurance all in one workout, really. Yeah. You can burn up to or over 250 calories in one hour. So if you are bored of going to the gym or, or doing some other kind of activity, this is something that you can actually do to to change your outlook on, on fitness. And there's a lot of confidence-boosting you know, walking a bit taller with your back straighter. Mm-hmm. Looking at yourself different, you know, you start to desire yourself as a being, you know. There's a way you walk. After a few classes of pole dance, there's a way you start to move. And people will ask you, well, what are you doing, you know. Yeah. So yeah. we've had that. And I'm not trying to brag, but... No, you you you, you <laughs> to your, your own horn, my sister. You know that, yeah. And um, kind of going back to the whole thing about myths and misconceptions and people saying I don't want to be seen or whatever. I always say that it just breaks my heart. I I don't know my heart. I think it breaks everybody's heart. But um, I feel like in Nigeria, people secretly want to do things and live their lives, mm-hmm. but society tells them that ah you should not do that so you're here judging someone but deep down in your heart you want to actually learn how to be a pole dancer and i think it's just always so sad that people suppress who they really want to be what they really want to do because they're trying to keep up appearances mm-hmm. you know i don't know i don't know i mean i think you feel the same way so i just, I just felt that i think that in in preparing to interview you it's just always it had been on my mind that I really wanted to talk about that because there's so many sports. Because, again, isn't that the whole situation that they said that, you know, Nigeria, we condemn porn. But if you find by the rankings, Nigeria is one of the... Yeah. It's such That's a, which must not be lame. Exactly. So, Talo Fulara, why are we fully, right? I'm kind of still on this topic. Do you think that the lack of clothes kind of creates this false narrative that pole dancing is for people who are quote-unquote promiscuous even though like you said this is for a functionality reason well let's target this from multiple areas first of all there's some women out there that just don't like the way they look in the mirror so that's a huge problem when we tell you come in with your shorts hey we started selling shorts and half top because a lot of people are like yeah i don't have shorts I'm like okay well here you go this is how much it is. And um, they still try to justify the reason why they should not wear the shorts and the you know top. You need your arms and your legs out, especially if you want to even just, even in the, your first class, you need to experience how it feels to have your thighs around the pole and experience what it is to squeeze your thighs on the pole and actually stay there. You know, that's one of the first things that you learn in pole dance. If you cannot do that, then, you know, you probably can do a lot of things. And we don't have silicone poles that we teach with. To be honest, and even using a silicone pole, personally, I'd say using a silicone pole with clothes to pole dance is like swimming with clothes on in mm. the water. You can do it, but you still meet some kind of resistance. It's, it's a bit... It's not um, as fluid. You don't feel as free. It's possible, but hey. And back to, I mean, there are some people that pole dance with, um, you know, they, they might be wearing leggings or a long sleeve shirt. Depends on what exactly they're doing. You know, if they're just doing spins on the pole, 
you really need your arms and your your hands right to hold yourself up so you don't really need that uh, you know uh, strength from your legs to squeeze on onto the pole in a spin but if you're doing a trick which involves you know your body service being on the pole then you need that um, you need that uh, you grip exactly so yeah before I go on, I think that what you said is so profound. One of the challenges that I feel like we have as women living in Nigeria, or just Nigerian women in general, is that we've not been taught, well, I mean, now I know better, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> taught to be in tune with who we are as mm-hmm. women. Like you said, like when you, you take maybe the base, basic class, when you walk, there's a different way you see yourself. There's a different way that you look at yourself. And as opposed to teaching children that, oh, this is bad or this is good or whatever the case may be, or maybe as you get older, it's important that we begin to teach women to be confident in their sexuality, to be confident in who they are as women, you know, to just be confident, like you said, showing your arms. And because it's funny how, like, there's so many things that society tells you that it's bad and we just automatically believe that. And you see people just struggling to be confident in their skin, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, just kind of touching on a little bit about the criticisms that some people have about children getting into pole dancing or acrobatic pole dancing. What are your thoughts on that? Because you see a lot of children who want to get into pole dancing and be an acrobatic pole dancer, and this brings them so much joy. But some people say that that's too sexual for a child to get into that. Now, the reason why they're saying it's too sexual is because... All they've ever known is pole dancing in a strip club. So, of course, if you see a child wanting to do that, you'd be like, hey, no, not my child. Mm-hmm. My child will not be associated with this, you know? And um, it's it's funny because it's, it's if you can take a child for gymnastics class mm-hmm. uh, you, or, or if a child can play in the playground on monkey bars, then a, a child can and should be able to pole dance. And they actually have certification classes for teaching children's pull and there are different age groups um, the children that do pull as as sport you know it's very popular in Russia actually yeah yeah and even other parts of the world to be honest instructor training has now expanded to even uh, you can get a certification for uh, how to teach uh, pregnant women pole dance as well so it's it's I mean, I'm talking about Europe and the Americas, right? <laughs> and not uh, Nigeria. But um, of course, this is something that uh, I learned in Europe. So Okay. Now, are you happy about the push for pole dancing to become an Olympic sport? Pole dance as an Olympic sport, to be honest, even if nobody says, if they don't want to make pole dance an Olympic sport, it's a lot of work and... Me as a pole dancer, and other pole dancers know it. And we've the community has transitioned in such a way that there are already competitions, and there are different categories of competitions, and there are different uh, criteria for judging these competitions. You have popular pole dancers, you know, like Sarah Scott, Emma Nicholson. You know, I mean. I can go on and on. Uh, Alethea Austin. 
they're just different people, right? And they and all over the world they have championships and you know, people actually send in videos. You know, you, you submit a video entry if you want to be part of the competition, right? And there's a criteria for being chosen to participate in these championships, which to me is actually already huge in itself. And so if it doesn't become an Olympic sport, I think people should just enjoy it for what it is and just love it. Okay, thank you for that insight. And because I read an article on Vox and one of the pole dancers, I can't remember her name right now, and I forgot to note it. She said she has no interest in the push for pole dancing to become an Olympic sport, but that also pole dancing is all about not having rules mm-hmm. and being able to express yourself in a way that you choose and she feels that pole dancing in her words will have to be something else to be in the olympics it will have the soul sucked out of it yes um i totally agree with that pole dance is beautiful to watch to to actually do um i mean i'm in my early 30s now but even if you know i'm 50 I still want to have that pole in my room, just dancing, because it's it's my own world, it's my own activity. I pole dance how I want to pole dance, right? Um, back to the different styles of pole dancing, I was explaining that it can be sensual, it can be strength-based, it could be contemporary, it depends on how you want to um, present and how you want to move or what you know, mode you prefer. Some people like wearing heels while they pole dance. Some people don't like wearing heels while they pole dance. You can actually have a sensual uh, pole dance routine without wearing heels. You know, heels doesn't make it sensual, actually. Really. You can have a contemporary um, pole dance routine and you can be wearing heels. So it just depends on how the actual person moves, the body movements involved in the routine. That makes it you know what it is and um it's something that you can't really put into words but when you pole dance and when you get to the point where you can actually dance you know your routine like you just put on some music here i want to dance and you just start doing all the tricks and combinations that's actually um it's very freeing and one of the considerations is actually the show of skin right back to the point where I mean, the less clothing you wear, the, the freer, the, the more fluid it can be, you know, dancing on a pole, right? So, of course, consider the Olympics and consider the, the people that are watching the Olympics. They might say, oh, your bum is hanging out. Let's not show that on mainstream TV, you know. You're, so, it's just, you know... If they can be swimming in the Olympics with all the tight swimsuits, they can actually be pole dance because, hey, even in swimsuits, like, your bum is hanging out. But, yeah, yeah that's another conversation. Another, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's super insightful. Now, the pandemic has accelerated the integration of technology into major aspects of our lives. I want to know, during the pandemic, did you explore um, online classes Was that, or you just didn't bother? And I ask that because, you know, I personally feel, granted I haven't taken pole dancing classes, but I feel like the experience of someone teaching you in person 
will be different virtually so you can speak about that so during the pandemic we tried to do burlesque and stretch classes we did not do pole dance because a lot of people here don't have poles at home right so that's another that was a major challenge um and even for the communities even in the communities abroad that had access to um pole dance on demand you know virtual training uh you know they they succeeded in that regard and they still have virtual training classes if they don't want to come in into the studio because hey there's still covid and you know one still has to be very careful you know just even taking classes the number of people coming into class and you know travel uh, checking travel history and you know asking people to stay back if they feel sick and you know just taking necessary precautions you know spray hand sanitizer wash your hands when you come in all of that we we did but during the pandemic itself when we were in lockdown you know we just had uh we had a few stretch classes and um you know aerobics but that was it it's not the same it's definitely not the same yeah It, it's something you have to experience in person. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah. What about in terms of the, I guess the world of virtual reality fitness? You know, we moved from the world of we fit. Remember we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> every every time they can hurry her or put a grab for the chat. Yeah, we we moved from the world of we fit mm-hmm. to now. There's a I think there's a company called Black Box VR, mm-hmm. whereby you're they're now using video games as you know a form of fitness. Now my question is, do you think that is going to make gyms and dance studios obsolete? Absolutely not. It doesn't translate to all activities. I certainly don't see it with pole dance. So what happens you have if you don't have a pole at home you still wear your 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 gear and enter the the other world and how are you going to be I mean you'll be climbing up the pole but in fact how does it even translate I I, I, I was it thinking, well, I, as of now I think they have like limited sports Mm-hmm. But who knows down the line if they're going to have pole dancing in mm-hmm. virtual reality, you know, and you can... I don't, I don't know how that would work, Sha, but I guess, you know, who knows? Like, when does it go? There's a way. To be honest, uh, we've had uh, DVDs with um, dance instructor training, pole dance instructor training, and people have been buying them for over 10 years, right? So it's not something that will be new to actually watch a pre-recorded pole dance class and sort of do it in the comfort of your home so it's just different forms you know different instructors uh, coming up with their own material uh, the transitions of the syllabus itself is of course the syllabus has graduated you know over 10 years there might be new tricks new moves you know so it's um pole dance has over 350 moves and sometimes it's just better to see somebody do it in person than to just you know watch it 
yeah. try and spoil yourself. <laughs> As we come to the close of the interview, you have been running your business for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. What insights or advice would you have for someone who's looking to open up a dance studio? If you don't have passion for it, don't do it. It's not something to be done because you think it's cool or you think you're going to make money. Even if you make money, there's some other challenges that you, you face. And are you trying to put all this work for something that um, you're not passionate about, really? Because it's a lot of work. Pole dance, I mean, going upside down, hanging, you know, (laughs) in various positions is a lot of work. And if you're not athletically inclined or enjoy exercise, you might find it... um, you know, you might find that your hobby is... I mean, when people actually engage their hobby as work, it's still work. It's not like, oh, yeah, having fun, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's something you love to do, so, yeah. But it's still work, you know? Um, I think if I didn't love it as much as I did, I would have closed it a long time ago because it's physically tasking is time intensive and you have to have a lot of patience for it to your point about if you don't have the passion for it but what if someone says well i could just train people i could just get people to run it because you know people say passion is overrated that goes back to shade the problem of supply Mm. right so are you then going to i mean to be honest getting people to run it is fine if you can afford it you just throw money at the situation doesn't necessarily mean the situation is going to work because nothing beats passion. Passion and money is the perfect combination, right? Over perfect. <laughs> <laughs> because at the end of the day, your people might get tired. What happens if all your staff leave today? You that you cannot, you can't really pole dance. Let's say, for example, you're not even really interested in in doing it, or you haven't really had that experience. What's going to happen is the business is going to close. Are you going to keep on hiring people from? perhaps outside the country because we have a supply problem, you know, so what happens if you can't physically take on certain aspects of the business? It's just going to close. So so this is a problem. <laughs> now, we're going to go on to the fun random questions. Are you ready? Ask me the question. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. The first question is, out of the following movies, which are you choosing? Hustlers that had J-Lo, Closer that had Natalie Portman and Julia Roberts, or Moulin Rouge that had Nicole Kidman. Hustlers, baby. <laughs> Did you really like that movie? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. Me too. It was very, um, wow, behind closed doors. This is what goes on. It's very adventurous, very, you know, you know the... You know the meaning of red caramel? You know why I chose red caramel? You know, I didn't even ask you. Why did you choose that name? Because, what do you think um, of red, the color red? Well, it's loud and it's like, not not loud in a bad way, like loud as in notice me, like Mm -hmm. I'm here. Yes. Yeah. Adventure. Oh, adventure. Daring, dangerous. Yeah. Caramel, the fluidity of a dancer. Combine those two concepts together, you get red caramel, pole dance. It's something in Nigeria that's never been done before, and we're doing it. Hmm. Go fear. <laughs> I'm gonna make that sound bite. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, wow, that's really. And did that name just come to you, or I you took about a, it's it. a lot of iterations? I thought about it in that same 2012. 
that's to be honest you know they say oh you don't look back at your past but that 2012 that was the best year of my life honestly so far so far yeah so far <laughs> second question is you get to have one of the following women lead a one week class at your studio the options are Gabrielle Douglas Gigi Maguire Simon Biles or Dita Von Teis Hmm. Dita Von Teese. What? Because when you said the, the champagne queen. glass, I was like, ah, oh, that is so deep. What? what? No, she she is burlesque, right? Absolutely. Not necessarily even pole dance, right? But what she exudes is femininity, and that in itself you can't buy it. It's it's it has to be experienced. It is an experience. Being feminine is an experience. That's why we say when you come into the studio. You walk out different, right? Even if it's a fitness class, the way the effect that it has on your outlook to a whole lot of other things changes. So definitely Dita Vontis. Dita Valuel. Vontis. Vontis, yeah. <laughs> Third question is what are two places or countries that you would love to travel to? Okay, that was random actually. It's really a random question. I want to go to Bali. Um, I've never I want to experience uh, what everybody says about the place and you know peace tranquility and you know all zen you know all of, all that jazz I also want to go to Jamaica you know the two different extremes right <laughs> yeah whenever I think of Jamaica I always think of how Stella got her group back every mm-hmm. time yeah yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> that's awesome fourth question is what are three of your favorite songs thus far in 2022 do they have to come from 2022 actually you don't if you don't have any of my favorite songs yeah to dance to or just in general <laughs> oh oh my god <laughs> because i have yeah, songs yeah, for okay. different so, compartments which one do you prefer the one to dance to or just in general to to dance to okay to dance so let's go with that okay Three of my favorite songs to dance to or to play in the studio. Um, Streets by Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Pony by Genuine. Mm-hmm. And Take You Down by Chris Brown. Final question is, the world is stressful and crazy, but what gets you motivated? I want to be a better version of myself than I was yesterday. That's what keeps me going. I want to experience different things. I want to live, I mean, life is an experience. I also want to be an experience to other people. Yeah, that's good. I love that because I, th- I share that same belief that, you know, every day is a new day to be a better version of yourself, you know, so that's fantastic. All right, we have come to the end of our interview. Thank you for coming. Yeah, no, yeah. Thank you for sure. And for people who are looking to learn about pole dancing and burlesque, how can they get in touch with you or with the studio? They can get in touch with the studio by visiting our page on social media at Red Caramel NG. We also have uh, contact details there. Uh, we have a Twitter page at the same handle at red caramel ng the number and the email address is also on the on the page and our address physical address is also on the page as well follow google 
Well, thank you so much for your time, Fessa. It was really lovely talking with you. Thank you, Shadi. This episode is produced and edited by Fola Shade Anosie. Theme song for the show is by John Akinola. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and leave us a comment on iTunes and Spotify. It really, really makes a difference and helps the show get discovered. The podcast is also available on Podbean, Google Podcast, Audio Mac, and Good Pods. Simply search for T H E S N C Podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the same name. Thank you for listening. <laughs>